Hi there, I'm Imlin Miles Manning, your host for the Minority Money Podcast. I'm glad you're here. You know why? Because this is the place where you can come for your weekly finance, family, and fitness motivation to not only experience the success in those areas yourself, but to help others in our community achieve greatness as well. I'm super happy to get on with the show, so let's get going. Welcome to the Minority Money Podcast. I'm your host, Emlyn Miles Mattingly, President and CEO of Gen Next Wealth, a financial planning and investment firm located in California Central Valley. Today, we are joined by two incredible young ladies that are going to blow your mind today. They have some awesome things they're doing. I'm going to give you a little bit of background of them, but Christina and Stephanie will be joining us today. And I'm excited about what they're doing in the financial services industry and what they're doing for their clients in particular, some of the Mono Money School stuff that they have going on, which is awesome. So can't wait to get into it. Let me tell you a little bit about Christina before we get started. She is a certified financial planner and registered life planner. Formerly, she led sales and consulting efforts as a regional director for Russell Investments, one of the largest institutional investment consultant firms in the world. In this role, she worked with advisors and intermediary service division in both Southern California and the Hawaiian markets. Christina has consulted with and worked with over 10,000 financial advisors. After years of experience in the industry, she grew dissatisfied with the wide disparities in knowledge, empathy, and skill within the advisor population. Today, she believes that even greater success can be achieved by solving issues holistically with individuals and their families. Hey, Christina. What's up, Emlyn? (laughs) Nice to hear you and see you. Awesome. Awesome. So I'm going to give a little background on Stephanie and Lynn, ladies. We're going to jump right in. So Stephanie, she is a certified public accountant and a chartered financial analyst, which is a very, very hard thing to attain. So that's awesome. I just wanted to interject that in there and recognize Mm -hmm. how difficult that (laughs) achievement is. She audited hedge funds in New York City with PricewaterhouseCoopers during 2008 in the financial crisis. This was challenging work and Stephanie joined the man group. And it's the world's largest publicly traded hedge fund as a risk manager for six years, handling $15 billion in hedge funds. After years of serving banks, pensions, and endowments, Stephanie became interested in bringing institutional quality service to a broader population. In 2016, she left New York and managed $200 million in assets across equities, bonds, and alternative investments. Stephanie has recognized that Investment management was a small piece of the service that individuals truly need from a financial advisor, and she decided that clients need more from their advisor in order to succeed. Through this realization, she partnered with Christina, and they started the Mana Vision. So, Stephanie, hey, Emlyn. yeah, thanks so much for having us. <laughs> awesome, right? It's it's always crazy, like when people are reading all this good stuff you've done, and you're like sitting there looking at them, like, oh my god, like it, it's kind of cool, right? <laughs> I'll let you ladies talk a little bit about yourselves because I've given the background, like the basic background, but I I would love for you two to talk and and you can pick who goes first. Yeah, sure. So this is Christina and a little bit of background on Stephanie and I, we are best friends from college. We both attended Bucknell University and little known fact, Stephanie was my accounting tutor, even though she was two years younger than me. (laughs) This tells you a lot about our relationship, but she's, she's the ideas lady. <laughs> so uh, I'll go a little bit back in time and talk a little bit about how I got to where I got. And then Stephanie can do the same and then we'll bring it all together and how we're bringing Mana's vision to life. But I am an immigrant from the Philippines and I escaped the Philippines with my mom 
and my little sister in the early 1990s amidst a coup in the Philippines and really kind of lived a very unstable childhood in the Bay Area, right? We're very close to you, Emlyn. But I lived out of my mom's van and out of cheap motels for a couple of years until my mom met her husband and now my stepdad. And I I lived a little bit more of a stable life in the South Bay area for my teenage years and found that I loved the sport of water polo. So I actually got a water polo scholarship to go to Bucknell University. And that's where I played D1 water polo for two years. I had a full scholarship until I tore my rotator cuff and lost my scholarship and had to take on $100,000 in student loan debt. And so really for me, the decision to go into finance happened when I knew I needed to make enough money to support myself in New York City and pay off my student loan debt. So uh, I put my law school dreams on hold. I started working in asset management. And really my job for the next 12 years was working with financial advisors. So for two different asset managers, I started with a mutual fund company and then worked for a larger asset management company as you mentioned, Russell Investments. And my job there was to work with financial advisors across the board. And really the pivotal moment started when I was 30 and a dear friend lost her mom. And she said, Christina, you've met with so many advisors. Who would you recommend to you know, your parents, i.e. me? And I drew a blank. I'd worked with a lot of advisors in you know, the, the wirehouse world. So like the Merrill Lynch's, Morgan Stanley's, the big banks. And you know, I, I felt that their service level and their empathy levels were, were not enough. So that's when the beginnings of MANA and the dream of launching a firm that changes financial advice began. I just want to jump in real quick. And, I, and, and it's been such an interesting journey being a host of a podcast, right? So I get to hear everybody's story. And sometimes I find out stuff about the people that I'm talking to on the podcast, which I didn't know before. And so what I've found is a common theme in a lot of the, with a lot of the minorities or people of color that become financial advisors, their path to financial advising is much different than most. You come from, you know, when you come from not having stuff and thinking about how important, like how much that would have helped you just to have some type of knowledge of any type of financial aspect of, not even just product, just having like a basic knowledge and starting from, you know, being homeless. And then like now it's like you've been able to overcome that and build a business with your business partner. And, and it's, it's, it's incredible that the first thing that you try to do is go back and help people that are less fortunate. I always love just pointing that out. And it's always cool to hear the journey of where you got. So with that, Stephanie, I'd love to hear your story and the listeners would love to hear that. However, Congratulations is in order. Yes, it is. Thank you. you. Were recently engaged, and I, she's like, I see your look on your face, like, what? What, what are you going to say? <laughs> but yes, you, you, you're recently engaged. So congratulations you, on that. You're right here in our backyard in Yosemite and got got engaged. So that was awesome. It was amazing. Yeah, we did not expect that there would be snow, but yeah, it was a it was an awesome weekend. So we're super excited. Nice. nice. Well, like I said, congratulations, and, and tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So, I mean, Christina and I did meet in college and she's right. I was her accounting tutor among others. I think my days of tutoring started off actually when I was really young. I remember in 
the eighth grade, I was being bused to the high school to take high school math. And in ninth grade, I was tutoring seniors in math. And then it just kind of continued. So I've always loved to learn and I've always loved to educate. That's been a big part of my, I don't know, just a big part of what I love to do. In, I ended up going to college with Christina, as you know, and I got an accounting degree. And, you know, that was sort of my first entree into some of the things that we learn in financial planning. And then I ended up going to work at PricewaterhouseCoopers, as you know, and then also got my CFA. So, I mean, I, I basically had math as a big portion of my life ever since I was a little kid. And while you would have thought that I would be super prepared in the personal finance side of things, actually quite the contrary, until I actually sought it out and thought about like, what are the most important components of personal finance and really educated myself in this field specifically, I didn't learn any of it in school. So it kind of came from a passion of learning is really how I ended up in the industry. And just this passion for continuing to learn and helping share that knowledge is really why I do what we do today. And, and being a hedge fund manager, like you were, is not a small feat. Like we didn't even talk about that. Like, I, I don't know if you're a fan of billions, but that's my, that's my thing. So you're like, <laughs> so I look at you like, like, you know, you, you could be on billions. Like you could be right there at the desk in like just making things happen. Like, so for, for those of you that don't know what billions is, watch it. <laughs> it's an awesome show. But yeah, that's yeah, cool. it's there's definitely those characters in the space. I mean, during the time that I worked at Man Group, the portfolios that I was overseeing, there were up to 250 hedge funds in the mix. So I really got exposure to a ton of different people like the character in Billions, but also a lot of people that weren't. And so, you know, the hedge fund, I think, has a it has this kind of broad term and there's this idea of what it is. But I, I find it to be today even such a super interesting industry. And there's a lot of good apples in the mix as well. Nice. Not not a lot of Bobby Axelrod. <laughs> That's good then. So so today's topic was going to be, we're going to talk about things about money you were never taught in school. Yeah. So it was interesting. Love that you, this you, topic. Because you, you, <laughs> you guys made a school. So since they didn't teach <laughs> yeah. it, they didn't teach it in school, they said, you know what, we're going to make a school and we're going to teach Let's people about money. This. So so that was awesome. And, and I want to be able to go ahead and, and let you guys talk a little bit about what is Mana Money School? Please explain to us. Yeah, what is I think that's a great place to start, Emlyn. So Mana Money School is a, a passion project of ours. We're so, so excited to release this out into the world. It's your online guide to all things money. So we start from beginners budgeting to knocking out debt. And really what we're doing is working with our online students to guide you towards financial confidence so that you will allow yourself to truly begin designing and working towards living the life you truly want and deserve. We get this question all the time, like, what does mana mean? So mana is an ancient Hawaiian word for power unrelated to wealth. And Stephanie and I are of the mindset that we all have the chance to gain or lose mana in everything that you do. So the goal of mana money school is to transform money from being an obstacle, really, to achieving your goals and and really turning it into an empowering tool to help you reach them. That's awesome, and and, and I I love the way you you've done it. I've I actually went on to the Mono Money School today and was looking, you know, cruising around the website and 
And uh, I almost signed up, but, you know, I (laughs) I didn't sign up yet. But I was I was very, very impressed with the quality of the videos that you had, how well you were on camera. It was just awesome. And then some of the topics and stuff that that you guys were talking about, I, I really liked it. And it seemed like it was in bite size pieces that were digestible for people. And I'll let you talk more about it because you, you actually, you know, you, you two designed it. So I'm thinking about like the, the mana and you, you talked about the word and, and you talked about the, the phrase that you used was being able to design your own life. And I think we think about all kinds of other things when we think design, like you, you go onto the website and you can design your car. You can go on to, you know, you can hire someone that's an interior designer. You can hire someone to design, you know, your website, but no one ever thinks about hiring someone to help them design their life. And that's incredible that you guys are doing that. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah. I mean, the way we think about it is that we always tell people you should try and live the life that you want to live today, not some distant time in the future. So it's super important to think about what is most important to you. And a lot of times that doesn't actually cost money. And so really for us, a lot of the messaging that comes through is, of course, it talks about the educational piece on how to build a budget or how to establish good credit, something that's so important for everybody to know, to employee benefits. There's lots of components that we talk about from a more technical level, but really the heart of the of Mana Money School is is about developing a growth mindset and really uh, living into a vision and a life that that is yours because every everyone's life is unique. I think that's really important, and and I think that what we see with people, you know, coming in with the money scripts, with the mindset, because we're going to talk about that in the next question. But like when people come in, it, it's an overwhelming majority of people that come in to see you. First of all, if someone comes to see you as your financial advisor, you know, you have clients come in. It's so crazy how much they beat themselves up. They come in and they, you know, they don't, they, they think that I don't know anything about this and I don't know anything about that. And, and, you know, I know I should be putting more money away from retirement and like they're beat, like before they, before you even opened your mouth, they've beat themselves up, punched themselves a couple of times. I think our industry has, has tailored that mindset in many ways, right? It's like, I remember working with these advisors that are like, my minimum is a million dollars. You, you can't work with me. You don't deserve to work with me unless you have a million dollars in assets. And, and that for us was the biggest thing we wanted to dispel right away. That's why we created Mono Money School. So for $99, you get four hours of content that's designed for individuals between the ages of 18 and 29 to empower themselves. Because honestly, it doesn't take a million dollars to empower yourself around money and gain financial confidence. It takes a little bit of work every single day. Yeah. Well, and one and one thing, we've done a lot of research on this in terms of, you know, how how much money does someone have to make in order to like feel financially confident and feel financially well? And the thing is that it it actually doesn't matter that much in terms of the amount of money you make. Because people fall into this tendency of having lifestyle inflation. So using these skills and trying to develop these skills at a time where you're just starting out, if you can really hone in on those skills now, then in the future, you're going to be so much better off. And and that's really why we wanted to design this course for, for people that are just getting started or people that 
don't feel equipped with some of the knowledge that they need in order to actually feel confident to move forward. So how does mindset come into this? Like, I, you know, I, I know you guys have a, a module about mindset, but why is that so important? Yeah. I mean, I think, so it goes back to designing your own life, right? So, you know, we talk about a, a few different aspects of mindset, but if you look at the most successful people in the world, think Oprah Winfrey, think Tony Robbins, think about those people that put themselves out there and are super wealthy in every aspect of their life, not just monetarily. They use visioning to get them to where they want to be. You know, Ariana Huffington writes a lot about this. And so for us, mindset is essential in achieving what you want. And Stephanie and I are living and breathing versions of that, right? We started, you know, that moment that I realized that there were no financial advisors that I would recommend to my parents was the moment I needed to start visioning a different industry, something that was a game changer. And then I brought the smartest friend I had along, <laughs> along for the ride, and we created this awesome thing. And, you know, with a little bit of hard work, like we were able to quit our corporate jobs and run two companies that, you know, are, are versions of us living our dream. And so that's why mindset's really, really important. I mean, there's even like on the, on the visioning side of things, like just think about if you start saving money in a bank account and you're stashing, maybe it's $25 a week into a bank account, and it's starting to grow. Well, what's going to keep you motivated to keep doing that if you don't actually know what it's going towards? And so really starting with that vision is is the starting point where you can say like, oh, okay, actually, like this is going to be the starting point for my house. And so really starting to build there. And then if you believe in yourself and you know that you're like, you know, this hard work will pay off. And if I just stay consistent with this, I'm going to get to that goal. Having that sort of growth mindset of understanding that, you know, the sky is the limit for you will really start to put you there. I mean, confidence, optimism, these are, these are huge drivers of success. And, and these are all great examples. What, what Stephanie says, we also do this, Emlyn, on live when we are talking about Mana Money School with the nonprofits that we're serving. And so we actually do part of this mindset presentation live and in person. And we've actually had students. We work, we're working right now with a nonprofit that serves foster youth. And we actually do this exercise of, you know, growing your money and even showing them how much they'll have saved if they save X amount every month for the next five years. And they're like, holy cow, is this for real? I've never seen this money, like this kind of money before. So it's really, really important to, to share this with people, you know, that, that are between 18 and, and 29, because that's really the time to start. I think if you can get ahead of this, like in, in that, at that age group, right? Like I saw, so I started talking to my daughter. We're talking about mutual funds, talking about stocks, bonds, blah, blah, blah. We were talking about all that stuff. I know, crazy, right? The financial advisor actually talks to his kids about <laughs> That's amazing. financial stuff. Like it happens every once in a while. So anyhow, so we're talking about that and we're talking about interest. So I actually drew, like wrote down like, okay, so this is, you know, like the rule of 72 kind of went over that with her. And she was like, well, why is any of my money in the bank, dad? Why did you open up a bank account? I said, well, ho- yes. hold on, hold on. Like we, <laughs> like, we gotta get the habit first of saving. Then we move up into something else. He was like, well, I want to buy stocks now. I was like, okay, all right. maybe I, create <laughs> I love it. But, but I think that it's awesome that you guys are being able to meet people where they're at and lead them on a path 
and allow them to start that design and then to visualize it. Because if you can't see it, then you can never achieve it, right? If you don't attach those goals to something, and we'll, we'll talk about how to set effective goals later on. But yeah, I, I love this. And and I wanted to touch on this a little bit because we are around the time of open enrollment, right? The people are getting their, their benefit packets, which if you're like me, when I got my benefit packet, I have no idea what was in that thing. I just know that I needed to sign up and I needed to get insurance. And then I always picked the wrong one. And then when I went to the doctor, I had a copay and I was like, why am I paying money monthly? And I got to pay you to come here. No one else on the, none of my listeners are like that. I'm positive, <laughs> but I'm sure all of them are, are, are dreading getting that packet. But why is understanding your employee benefits so important? Yeah. I mean, there's so many benefits that companies provide and now increasingly companies are having to provide more and more benefits to be competitive. So even though it may seem like a ton of paperwork, it's really important to look through it and maybe sit down with someone else and look through it if you're if you're confused by any of the terms that are in there because you can get insurance, both health insurance, but also things like disability insurance to cover in the case that you're disabled at some point in the future or life insurance. A lot of companies just will allow you actually to have life insurance and they'll even cover some of the costs. There's so many other things in there like pre-tax benefits. So you can maybe stash money away without having to pay tax on it for either health reasons or your commute. There's a lot of things that add up and you know this can be material in terms of your overall compensation. So something so important to just spend spend a couple hours looking through and really understanding what your company provides. Yeah, the overall compensation is a big thing that we stress in Mono Money School because it's not just the salary for a lot of people. I mean, if you work in tech, do you get stock compensation? How often do you get that? Do you, does your company match within your 401k? If you don't contribute enough to qualify for the match, then you're saying bye to free money. So all of this is stuff that's really, really important. And then furthermore, if you have that understanding it will provide you with a bargaining chip for your next job where you have this understanding of all the benefits that you have. And if you're trying to land another job and they don't have those benefits, they perhaps might be able to compensate you alternatively. So knowledge is knowledge can be power. Applied knowledge is true power. So what, what I'd say to my, what I would advise my listeners to do is if you have open enrollment coming in, you have these big packets that are going to be coming to you in the mail. I would recommend that you read through them. If you have not read through it ever, you will find out that there's some important parts of your compensation packet. Christina called it free money. I call it a part of your negotiated compensation. When you went to go work there and they told you that they were going to give you some retirement benefits and they were going to give you a, you know, up to a 6% match, that is a negotiated part of your salary. And if you're in a position where you think you possibly can work for another company or look at another job, if you don't have a proper understanding of your benefits, you actually could be leaving one situation to go into a worse situation because they're paying you more, but it, the benefits aren't, as, aren't the same. And we don't calculate how much those benefits are actually worth being able to go to the doctor, being able to go to the dentist and get your eyes checked and get your glass. Like, so just being able to have a little more awareness about that. And I was that person that I'm talking to now. Now I understand, you know, the benefit packages. I think we all were. I mean, it's no one really educates you on this. And, and while you have HR that does their best to really help in these situations, many of them aren't trained on this stuff. So it's, it's really about learning and reading and, and just spending the time to get to know it. 
I mean, like to be clear, we created this this course because Stephanie and I made these mistakes. <laughs> like, let's put it, let's be honest. All people, we're never we're never taught any of this stuff in school. So Stephanie and I, like part of the reason why we wanted to create Mana Money School was because we wanted to create a guide to not for some for people to not make the mistakes that we all made 10 years ago, right? Like I think a lot of financial literacy courses out there talk about things like budgeting and investing, and then they kind of fall short with everything else. And for us, money affects every aspect of our lives. So we wanted to illustrate that in Mono Money School with all the different modules that we have. Absolutely. So as someone's going through the Mono Money School and they're thinking about how, you know, everybody has wants to set goals. Like that's, you know, you, you hear it all the time. We're approaching the end of 2019. I almost said 2018. We're approaching the end. Of, like where, where was I at for the last year? But, <laughs> but we're approaching the end of 2019. And, you know, once again, we're going to have some goals. Maybe you have some goals that people are setting for the fourth quarter. Maybe people are going to try to get their goals all accomplished next, you know, next year. They want to hit the ground running. So what's a way to have people set effective personal goals for their finances? Yeah, I think that's a great question. I'll share with you one of the tools that we use within Mono Money School and even with our clients in Mono Financial Life Design. And it really, it's really about keeping it short term. If you have a goal that's really far out, let's say 10 years, 15 years, it's hard to cognitively make the connection as to how you get there. However, if you set a goal, let's say one or two years out, you, you want to detail a moment in that one to two years and really detail it out. We, we suggest writing it out. We have a worksheet in Mono Money School where we want you to write out what that moment feels like. Who are you with? Where are you? What are you doing? What have you accomplished? So writing that out in a, in a vision statement, some people like creating vision boards with a lot of illustrations. It depends on what kind of learner you are. But really creating a moment one to two years out from today of that next step, that goal. And then you kind of want to back into the steps that are needed to get there. So if it's one year out, what is one thing that you can do every day in the next week to get you closer to that goal? My husband likes to give the example because he's in film. So you say that, you know, two years from now, you want to write a screenplay but you've never written anything in your life. So what are the steps needed to get to that screenplay and actually writing those out and figuring out the order of operations to get there? And, and I want you to give me a, some examples of how people would have that in their personal finances. And the reason why I say that is because, you know, we, we have a lot of talking heads in different places that say things like, you know, I hear people talking about not buying coffee. Like, you can't buy coffee. You spend three dollars every day, and you do it for thirty days. That's this much money, and then that turns. And you're, you know, it's basically you're wasting a million dollars on coffee. And I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, and, and if you just stop buying coffee, it'll change your life. I'm like, well, yeah, you'll be grumpy. That's what's going to happen if you don't have your coffee. Right, right. right. So, I mean, I want to if you could, if you could either one of you just talk to us about like a personal goal for finance and how you've seen it you know, laid out for, for your, for your clients, or maybe even for people in Mono Money School without giving away everything. Cause they need to go check out Mono Money School. Go check that out. But yeah. if you can give us a little bit about it, like a, like an example. So someone could say, listen to this and, and actually have like an actionable item on how they can set a goal for themselves. 
Yeah. So I think, you know, I am a numbers person, but that said, a lot of, a lot of goals start with, in terms of money, it starts with a budget. And so really understanding your numbers to begin is important. And so there's certain expenses that are fixed where you're going to have to spend on your house or your, um, your car, your, your kids, there's, there's certain costs that, that really do exist. But beyond that, there's going to be all these expenses that you have every single month that are what we call lifestyle expenses. And it's really what's, what's bringing you joy on a monthly basis. And if you really want to set goals for yourself, you need to think about which of those lifestyle expenses can I drop for the time being. And it doesn't mean that they have to be permanently dropped, but it's really about making trade-offs. And so maybe one month you choose to drop um, going to the gym and you go for runs instead. Or, you know, in my case, maybe I won't go get a manicure, but I'll actually paint my nails instead. So there's little things that you can do each month to help contribute to that. And then from the goal side, so let's say that in two years time, you want to go on a trip that's going to cost you $2,400. And so for that example, we would say, okay, it's 24 months from now, it's $2,400. So that means that you should save $100 each month in order to get there. And so backing into that to figure out, all right, what are the steps that I need to take from a budgetary standpoint um, is a super useful starting point. And then you can think about, all right, well, what trade-offs am I going to make today in order to get there? Trade-offs are everything in financial planning. We, we always tell our, our Mono Money School students that you can have anything that you want you just can't have everything. So it's all about figuring out what brings you the most joy in life and then cutting expenses everywhere else. So if you love to travel, maybe what are other ways that you can cut expenses when it comes to going to the gym? Maybe you can go running just knowing that not spending $200 or $150 in a gym. We're in LA, so gyms are really expensive. So maybe not doing that will contribute to your travel fund that you can use to travel any way that you want. There's also a ton of research about how spending now and then enjoying later um, is is super, like it makes you happy. And so um, there's that idea of really actually planning for things and having that vision and focusing on that vision is going to bring you so much more joy in the long run. I know one big thing that we talk about a lot is the importance of credit. And it's something that we really aren't taught and really everyone should be taught because we've seen a lot of people who have this belief. And I know that I read this somewhere a long time ago, that if you keep a thousand dollars or whatever that balance is on your credit card, that it will help your credit. And it's such a tragedy because that, thousand dollars or whatever it might be on your credit card balance is getting charged interest every single month. And that interest really adds up over time. And so, you know, don't drop the latte, drop the interest that you're paying. And the bank fees. I like, oh, don't, don't talk about bank fees. Those are horrible. Um, my my <laughs> wife horrible. works at a bank, so easy on the bank fees. <laughs> Those bank fees. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Yeah. Bank fees are not good for anybody. And, and I like how you guys talk about all that stuff and it's packaged up really nice in the Mono Money School and it's really digestible. And thinking about how we're you know, talking about setting those goals, I think sometimes people 
Like every time I talk to someone, and I'm sure you you ladies experience this as well, people always want to talk about retirement. And I'm like, I can't have you focus on retirement if we don't know cash flow for today. Like you need to understand what's going on. And you two said it, the B word, the budget word that comes out every so often on the podcast. People like cringe when they hear budget. And I'm like, you, you know, if you don't know where your money's going, you know, uh, and I've said it before, um, Dave Ramsey says it. He says, you know, a budget just allows you to tell your money where to go instead of wondering where it went. Yeah. I, I, I actually heard a different, you know, I, everyone's been reading Ramit Seti lately, but he calls it conscious spending plan. So whatever way you want to call it, like you said, it's all about knowing where you want your money to go. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that that is the biggest thing we see with our clients when they, or when I, when I see that with my clients, we come in and I'm like, what are you spending your money on? And they're like, oh my God, I don't know. And then next thing you know, you know, the conscious spending idea of I can't have my latte or I can't go on this trip because I'm supposed to be tying this goal to some far off mystical, I call retirement this far off mystical place. That hopefully <laughs> exactly. like, so true. like what, one day we're going to arrive there and like, you know, the sky is going to open and I'm never going to go to work again and I'm going to have to pay all these taxes and, you know, like, like all these things happen. Right. Um, but what I try to tell people is focus on those smaller goals, the more immediate goals and the, what you were talking about, uh, Stephanie, there is actually a book called happy money that associates long-term, you know, the instant gratification isn't as gratifying as it is to have a two year window or a year window that you actually plan for a trip. And then when you get there, you paid for it already. That actually is psychologically better for you to do that. Yeah. Listeners, you should definitely have, you should definitely read happy money. It's a wonderful book. I was about to say if if Dr. Elizabeth Dunn is listening to this, we love you. Thank you for your work. Yes. She is awesome. Maybe we can get her on. I'll I'll have to reach out to her, see if we can get her on. So as you two know, this is the Minority Money Podcast, and we are trying to change the complexion of wealth. So everything that we're trying to do is for our listeners. Most of our listeners are going to be men and women of color. And so we are trying to darken up the complexion of wealth, if you will, with your ladies' help. I love it. Uh, I think that we can do this. It's a, it's going to take a village for us to change that, but I think we Absolutely. got some That's good right. people helping us. So well, we've got a very strong village. <laughs> it's 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 growing. It's growing. Yes. So I'm I'm excited about what we're going to be doing in the industry. But I want to know what what gets you ladies going. What motivates and inspires you to continue to grow? Yeah. So um, this is this is a nod to my mentor George Kinder. Um, where I, I think I've had problems, you know, in my, my 20s, I had problems kind of really understanding what motivated me or inspired me because I was making a lot of money and spending it all at the same time. And then George Kinder, if you look him up, he, has, he asks people three questions. And the third question really gets at that. So, you know, if you only had 24 hours left on this planet, you know, who would you regret not being? What would you regret not doing? And all of a sudden it became so clear to me. And for me, you know, as an immigrant that had to scrape by and do everything it took to get to where I am, it's all about giving back. I wanted to create a, 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 a brave space for anyone that wanted to be empowered around money so that's why we did both Mono Financial Life Design for individual clients and Mono Money School. That's what inspires me to continue to grow and learn and lead because Stephanie and I are on a big mission and we're partnering with you, Emlyn, to, to do this with you. 
I feel very lucky to be part of this of this village that is changing things because it's so important that everybody gets a fair shot and that that everybody gets to participate because we're going to be a lot better if we have diverse ideas and and people coming from all over and all different places. So we're super excited to be part of this movement and you know there's there's a lot more room to grow and we're super excited about all of it. Do you think education plays a big part in wealth building? Yeah, absolutely. A lot of the lessons that we learn are from our parents. And so depending on your upbringing, a lot of the things that we learn about just the the basics of money and how personal finance work is really the lessons that have been passed down through our families. And so when you don't have that education, Clearly, there's a problem because you you don't understand the the key concepts that you need. But but really, I think what education does is it enables people to have confidence, and financial confidence is really the biggest component of financial success. It's not only the education, but I think education drives that confidence because people understand then, okay, I'm making decisions, and I feel good about the decisions I'm making because I'm coming from an informed place. Anything to add there, Christina? Well, I think education spurs on diversity of thought, um, right? We, we talk about diversity, inclusion, and a lot, uh, diversity and inclusion a lot. Um, and honestly, our, our industry is probably one of the least diverse and inclusive industries. So yes, I think that we need to educate the public on this growing um, group of human beings that are trying to bring consciousness into, into Wall Street. If you two could offer our listeners some pieces of advice or a piece of advice, I, would, I, would, I used to say just one piece of advice and everybody's like, no, I got too much. I just can't do one. <laughs> so now, now I let you just, if there's some things or pieces of advice, if there is one piece, that's okay. But if there's some pieces of advice that you can, piece or pieces of advice you can offer to our listeners, what, what would those be? Yeah. I, one, one thing that we talk about with just about everyone we meet is don't spend more than you make. And it seems obvious, but if you can teach yourself that lesson now, then you're going to be so much better off in the future because it's, it's a behavioral change. It's not a money change. And I'd, I'd add to that, stop getting ready to get ready and start today. I love it. Start today. I love that. Now. <laughs> Let's, <laughs> Let's start now. So um, it's funny that you said the 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 piece about um, don't spend more money than you make. I talk to the kids at high schools. I go to the econ class every year, and they I say, get out a piece of paper, you write this down. They're like, everybody's like, oh man, the finance because the, the teacher will talk about how much of a financial whatever I am is uh, like guru or whatever he calls me. And so I say, write this down. Don't spend more money than you make. And they're like, that's it. I was like, you have no idea how how incredibly difficult that is so you guys are spot you you ladies are spot on with your uh, with with your advice i want to thank you both for coming on you know it's always awesome because we i mean we got to see each other a couple of months or a month ago at at the uh, xypn live so it was good to catch up with you there if the listeners want to get more information from christina and stephanie wh- where where can they find you on social yeah, so we are on, we have a, a website, manamoneyschool.com. And on that, you'll have a lot, loads of information on our programming and how to actually enroll for Mana Money School's inaugural program for the one year subscription. 
we are always posting on social media. So we've got our Instagram. If you're on the gram, follow us at Mana Money School, M-A-N-A. And we're also on Facebook. So everything, just, just Google Mana Money School. You'll find us. Yeah. And we're actually hosting an event in San Francisco on November 4th at General Assembly. So if anyone's in town, please stop by. It's on money and relationships. Absolutely. You know, we'll put some of that stuff in our Facebook group. We have the um, the Minority Money Podcast Facebook group, which is a, a private group. If you haven't already joined it, you need to go out there and join that group because it's an awesome place where we can have discussions and reminders about things that are going on in the community because this is a movement and you want to get plugged in. So yeah, we'll definitely make sure that that is available to everybody. I want to thank you ladies again for coming on. You guys are doing incredible work in the industry. I love what's what you're doing. Love it, Emlyn. Thank you. Thank you so much. This is the Minority Money Podcast. I'm your host, Emlyn Miles Mattingly, where we are changing the complexion of wealth. Thank you and have a great day. Another great showdown, but it doesn't have to stop there. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast in whatever podcast app you're listening to on now. And give it a good rating, would you? If you feel really connected to the podcast, which I hope you do, find our Facebook community, Minority Money VIP, to support and to be supported by others just like you. And again, we're super happy to have you. While this podcast is meant to inspire and motivate you to live your best life, it cannot be completely your one-stop shop. I know, I know, that really sucks. But guess what? If you have any questions, or maybe you just like to chat, please reach out to me directly at Imlin at MinorityMoney.com so that we can get to know each other there. Thanks for being here, and we're signing off.